everyone and welcome to the Sciencia podcast. We are a group of researchers funded by the Sciencia Fellowship Program hosted by the University of Oslo in Norway. We were wanting to get to know other researchers and how they have got to where they are, what motivates them and of course what they are studying or working on. So we thought we would make this podcast and today we have with us Two very fascinating researchers, Matthias and Alexander. And hi, I'm Vandana. And this is Andrea. Hi, I'm Matthias. Hi, I'm Alexandra. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Matthias and Alexandra, for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. So, Matthias, could you quickly introduce yourself? Where are you from? I'm Matthias. Um, I came to Norway three years ago, and I'm uh, my background is um, electrical engineering. So I'm kind of a bit uh, different to the other people in the Scientia program. So I came with the postdoc fellowship um, in 2020, early 2020, and now it's kind of my third year of the fellowship. And yeah, I'm working together with Alexandra actually on organ on chip uh, technology and. Yeah, I think it's very nice to talk about this topic today with you. And That's amazing, forward. actually. And I would like to say that we will talk about that later. And we have a lot to discuss that. But uh, Alexandra, can you tell us a little on you? Sure. Uh, I'm Alexandra. Uh, I'm doing uh, my second postdoc, oh. uh, working with the organ shape models and in general organoids mm -hmm. for the disease modeling. And the whole my background is cell biology and molecular biology uh, with the focus on stem cells, starting from mesenchymal, stromal yeah. cells or stem cells. Uh, and now it's differentiation of induced uh, pluripotent stem cells and embryonic stem cells That's for the disease modeling. That sounds very popular as well let me tell you okay should we talk maybe a little bit why are you here in Norway could you tell us about that why did you decide to come here Matthias yeah I'm I was kind of when I did my PhD it was in 2018 um, I was kind of um, before my background was a bit more in industry so I did my PhD in the Fraunhofer Institute and that was a bit more linked to industry, so it was kind of a half private, half public funded institution. And then I moved uh, to my first postdoc position at the um, Technical University in Dresden. And after two years, I was not so very happy about the position in terms of um, um, the research topic itself and also about the <clears throat> perspective. So I decided to go to um, apply for postdoc positions abroad. Okay. So, yeah, so I kind of applied for different positions in England and US and actually I got a lot of offers uh, in Cambridge even. So, but in That's the end good. I decided um for Norway for this um fellowship first of all it gives me quite a lot of freedom of what I want to do. It kind of comes with um a lot of um kind of um, um your own of your own research topic you mm. want to work on and so, it kind so you of get to develop yourself actually. yes that's, that's, yeah. that's, true. that's amazing mm. that's uh, so therefore i decided first of all due to that and the other reason was actually also norway because i had not come alone but i came with my family mm. and so therefore that's the, a big backpack yes and therefore it's kind of 
many other countries kind of do have some drawbacks in, mm. in terms of that. Mm. So mm. for England, I, for instance, was deciding against it because of the Brexit that was ongoing at this time already. Mm. And also against US, I decided because yeah. of the um, health care and the yeah. child um, yeah. um, care system there. So therefore, Norway was kind of very, um, yeah, very nice. kind of a good package for me. I have no child, but I think here in Norway is a, it's a, it's a good country to come. And yeah, that's what I have heard them. as well. Mm-hmm. It's very friendly for family. Yeah. So how about you, Alexander? Um, shortly before I finished my PhD in 2015, I got a chance to come for a short-term visit uh, in summer to Norwegian Centre for Stem Cell Research okay. um, that is led by Joe Glover. And I really liked uh, environment. Actually, I really liked Oslo yes. uh, because uh, it's perfect city if you're outdoor person. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, it was really, really attracting for me just to be able to go for swim before work, before yeah. lab. Yeah. So this was... Uh, quite a uh, significant uh, yeah. <laughs> factor. And also I wanted to, to move abroad for my postdoc uh, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after I finished uh, my post, uh, my PhD, I uh, applied for postdoc position, uh, basically mm-hmm. in the same lab where okay. I had the short term mm-hmm. stage mm-hmm. and uh, came here. I have to say that's actually a very similar experience as I had. Because I did the same. I came for a little short time and yeah, at the end they got the position and I applied, got it here as well. I so think it's a good. great way to, I like to decide yeah. about your workplace. It's a very good of uh, way of networking and getting to know people, places and environments. Yeah. Let's talk about the environment a little. Yeah, before that, since you you said that you liked Oslo, so can you tell me what's the most favorite thing in Oslo or Norway in general? Would you like? What did you like the most? Well, of course, it's nature. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, basically, here it, it comes with uh, pro and cons mm-hmm. as always. Mm-hmm. So uh, as uh, here, the lifestyle mm. is very sporty and outdoor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, basically, if you want to explore more of the cultural life. Uh, possibly you you need to to explore neighboring countries, let's say, or yes. close Europe. Yes. Um, but uh, however, there are of course a lot of events here as well. Mm. Um, but if you're up to uh, outdoor activities, and mm. also I I also came um, with backpack as my family. Oh, okay, okay. That uh, so good. so for family, it's really really great uh, mm. here, and um, I. R- quite happy about uh, school system mm-hmm. um, in the way how they treat kids. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, sometimes it sounds too soft and maybe mm-hmm. not yeah, somehow, yeah. so right. effective. Okay. Do you agree with that, Matthias? Yeah, yeah, I think the school is kind of also something it's, I like it at some time because of the how the kids are treated and that they always are outdoor and mm. that they kind of really kind of um, have really like to go to school to say but uh, I think sometimes compared to other countries or to compare to my childhood to say I yeah. think it's a bit slow <laughs> 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 yeah. that for sure okay yeah. but could I ask you since you're talking about your big backpack uh, how is the work-life balance <laughs> 
well, it's <laughs> not the thing that I know, actually, uh, yeah. but I think it's more personal. Uh, here in Norway, you actually have the opportunity mm. to have a good work-life balance, yeah. I think, yeah. in general. Uh, however, the science, uh, international science, science, now at the speed that... Is going. Yeah. You basically, from the international side, you're pushed to to spend more uh, more yeah. time at work and actually forget about the balance. Yeah. yeah. If we are competing with other countries where uh, scientists don't really have this opportunity mm-hmm. as we have mm-hmm. in Norway yeah. mm-hmm. to keep the work-life balance. So it's actually an imbalance between Norway and other countries in terms of having the option to go home or not whenever you need or just work, 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 work. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's more or less our choice, mm. career-wise, mm. because it's postdocs we are working not only for for the yeah, team actually. or for the lab, yeah. but we are mostly working for ourselves. Mm. Yes. And then yes. it's um, exactly the your decision, your own decision, uh, how much time do you want to invest mm. yes. efforts mm. invest in career or in life I think yeah. we are constantly having this thing of we need to publish and we need to do this so that you we are up money. in the ladder get more grants so sometimes I think we forget the importance of work-life balance mm. but um, yeah I think we have more topics to discuss yeah uh, so um, I guess you both are from the same workplace. So how is your work culture like? How is the environment? Are you happy with it? <laughs> yeah, I think the environment is actually quite good, I would say. Uh, um, we do have quite a nice team, with mm. very, a very international team with people from all over the world. Uh, we do also do some social activities together. I think it's really a nice workplace to say. Mm-hmm. Um you are many internationals, aren't you? Yeah, yes. most mostly. Most I think it's almost from every continent to say, hmm. not maybe not from Antarctica. <laughs> um, okay. And I think U.S. and and America yeah. we don't have. But uh, other than that, I think it's really very uh, huge. Uh, I think that says a lot team. about the group itself, yeah. because. And from America, they have uh, PIs who did either their mm. PhDs mm. or at least one postdoc in state. So at mm. least some of their culture. Yeah. They so have some background in different countries. Yes. So that's also mm. counting. Mm. They even have a person from Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just open backup. <laughs> no, I think that's really, I think that is, I really like this uh, kind of international atmosphere and also. Um, I think it is, I mean, as Alexandra said, the problem is it is up to yourself how much mm-hmm. pressure you put into mm-hmm. it and how much um, um, kind of, yeah, what your personal goals are, mm-hmm. right, in, in your career. If you want to but could do I good ask, science and you need to invest a lot of time or you don't do it. Um, yeah, it, it was very funny. At some point it was, I think, University of Oslo mm-hmm. uh, or was it IMB, uh, the medical faculty that were um, that were um, uh, doing a survey uh, and um, asking how people actually feel about their work environment in okay. the lab and 
our group was an average hyper than um, I think it was MB. But the f- one thing that was very different is the overworking hours. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. From your group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I also am very happy with the work environment. You work as a team. I have seen that. I have been in your place. I have seen all your people and... I know you work a lot, of, even though you are postdocs and you have your own development. Um, should we ask, what are you doing? So what's your research on? Can you explain more on your technology? And your project? Yes. Um, yeah, I think the main topic we are working about is the organ on chip technology. So and you're both working together. So we are both working together on the topic. The good thing is that, and I think that comes a bit together with what we discussed before about the um, how it is with different postdocs, people with uh, different goals in their life today. I think in our team, the good thing is that the people have different um, backgrounds. Also, it's very interdisciplinary. So it's not that we are competing against each other so much. So actually, my background is in engineering. Alexandra's background is in um, is in uh, in biology. So mm-hmm. there's, it kind of has a good synergy to say so basically that is very good because i can make chips and and devices for cultivating cells that we call chips okay it's not, okay uh, okay it's it's good. Good. It's it's chips. can you explain a little bit of what is a chip because i think in this uh yeah the people may not have <laughs> yeah that idea had, yeah, so. this, this term chip is to say a bit misleading because i mean everyone thinks about the computer chips yes exactly, yes, chips exactly. Or, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but it is not like that it is a um, kind of small plastic device uh, okay. that is called organ on a chip and in this plastic device you can um, put human cells in and then you can test um, trucks on that hmm. and this is um kind of an, an emerging topic even if it is now like it's a 10 years old it is still very hyped and there's mm. i think one main driver is that now also the pharma industry and also the regulatory um, agencies like the fda in the us mm-hmm. they kind of now see that there's a huge potential and there's very recently have been this fda modernization act passed in the us senate that actually um um, drops the mandate for for um, testing on animals uh, mm-hmm. when you want to um, um, uh, bring a new drug to the market, and this actually gives a huge, um, I would say, drive to that field because now it's open to use other technologies yeah. like organ on a chip technology. They open a window, kind of, yes. to to come and try. Mm-hmm. So, going more into detail. How would this be very different from cell lines? Is the environment the same that is on a chip and an actual cell line, like an in vitro experiment? How exactly would this organ on chip replace like animal testing or cell line testing models? So basically, uh, it's very different from both. Mm-hmm. Um, if starting from 2D models, um, to this house. Sorry, could you explain how do we do this to the models very easily? To uh, the models, mm-hmm. we uh, we get cells mm-hmm. um, past. I think past. I don't know forty years. Mm-hmm. No, actually, from the uh, from start of twentieth century, mm-hmm. uh, we are grown cells that we either get from animals, mm-hmm. or then we got some conscious cells mm-hmm. that are 
uh, proliferating, uh, proliferating grow, grow mm-hmm. basically grow uh, in a plastic uh, in a plastic dish. So just in a surface of a plastic dish, in a, okay. on a hard surface yeah. of the plastic. Yeah, okay. And basically, it's very, of course, it's very, very different mm-hmm. what you have uh, in the body. You don't have yeah. normally plastic no. <laughs> parts in your body. Uh, so Thanks. cells uh, put. In a completely different environment that mm-hmm. they're in uh, in the body, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, cells are become. Uh, f- first of all, to start with the cells, if we are talking about the conscious cells, mm-hmm. uh, they're very different from the normal cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, at the initial initial task of the cell culture in vitro, so mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. uh, living uh, mm-hmm. organism, was actually to keep them alive mm-hmm. and to get as many cells as we can. As possible. So m- many cell culture media were optimized to keep cell growing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not what actually comes together with functionality of no. cells. So if you want to have cells that are performing the same functions that we have in the cells in tissue mm-hmm. or in or organ, in the then we actually in actually need to stop them growing mm-hmm. and to uh, create them condition that they can perform functions. Yeah, like they believe that they are inside of the body. Hmm. Yes. There. Yeah, sorry. Maybe <laughs> it was too trying. simple. I just tried to translate to the people. Yeah, but I think yeah, that brings it to the point, and that's actually where organ on chip t- uh, technology comes in, because basically you try to mimic mm-hmm. that environment to kind of do what actually the body is doing mm. to the cells, more or less. You try to kind of recapitulate that. And I could say that you even can't, we can do it in two dimensions as well, but in this organ on chip, you can even. Um, put together different type of cells as well, don't you? To be able to even mimic more what is ongoing in the body. I think we just skipped one st- uh, one step uh, <laughs> before going to organ chip. First, you need to move from 2D to uh, 3D, 3D yeah. to the three-dimensional yes. uh, uh, models. And actually, already this was a huge leap in mm-hmm. the biological mm-hmm. field mm-hmm. and organoids are growing uh, ex- and expanding. Uh, however, uh, organoids don't provide a um, number of the functions that are still required. First of all, it's interaction between mm-hmm. different tissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, it's the uh, microenvironment. Mm. Uh, for example... Um, and the telocells of um, uh, blood vessels mm-hmm. are constantly washed with blood. You, yes. you, so they're constantly under the shear stress that without microfluidic uh, systems, yeah. without the cheap devices, you can't really reproduce. Yeah, what is ongoing. Or, for example, if you want to combine, let's say, uh, and to recreate blood-brain mm-hmm. barrier mm-hmm. and to have liver in the system. You can't do it even with the no. the most advanced organoids without application of the microfluidics and the flow from and one tissue to another. Mm-hmm. For, for example, for the drug testing, to see the effect of the drug at the same time mm. on the both uh, the both organs. Yeah. So the point is like uh, we have in these last years, we have already 
uh, move from this 2D dimensions to the 3D dimensions, but even in 3D dimensions, we still have some limitations and you are already working in the next step, which is trying to even get closer to the body and how it can help us maybe to study some diseases or something. Okay, that sounds pretty amazing. So Matthias, with the technology part, can you explain like really, really in simple terms, what technology do you actually incorporate in in this model? Um, yeah, so basically the technology, I mean, there are kind of many ways to, to come to this chip to say. Um, so basically it's about making small um, channels or small cavities in a, in plastics and there are different types of way to do it. We are in our lab using a laser for that and then you kind of laminate that together. That That's not a really complicated process and it has been done in microfluidic technology mm -hmm. for 20 years already or mm -hmm. even more. So that's not completely new but the kind of organ on chip that comes from the necessity to have a platform for the cells actually give a second leap to the microfluidic in general so so kind of it kind of um promotes this technology so mm -hmm. how you do it normally you kind of have you we are discussing in the team what we kind of need for the cells what kind of how how can the chip look like mm -hmm. then i design it on a computer and then we kind of fabricate that in in-house in our in our lab so we do have a small fabrication for that microfabrication and then it's done okay but could you say then what is the good thing about your chip why, yeah. why is this because you said they have been doing it already 20 yeah. years so yeah so i mean kind of it is a huge field so there are also companies in that field already mm -hmm. that develop and sell those organ and chip systems um one of the limitations we kind of came up when we started um in uh, two years back and more two and a half years back when when i started here also in norway um we kind of found it always hard to 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 uh, run those systems okay, because you have yeah. the small devices which with more like connectors where you okay. have to put a pump to it so you can move the liquid um, yeah, exactly. in the devices and therefore actually we we had a, it was kind of really a nice <laughs> coincidence to say because um, one colleague showed me a, a mixing device in mm -hmm. his lab and then actually we, I came up with a solution to use this mixing device to drive the liquid in the in this smaller channels okay. and then instead of using a pump without any pump with all any the tubes and stuff like that you just use this gravity okay uh to to pump the liquid in the devices and actually that is that turns out to be quite interesting technology mm -hmm. so we try to make a pattern on that and mm. and also we now have a publication on that and it's actually quite interesting and the, we do see also a huge interest from other people yes. to incorporate that technology because I it kind of solves that. some of the handling problems with the chips mm -hmm. Interesting. So since we have left it very short time, I would like to ask you, so how do you take forward your research now? So how do you think is your uh, device going to be useful? What are its applications? Next step. Yeah. In careers. In careers? In careers this is or, a or, difficult in, or in, the, in the chip? I mean, that is two different things. Right? Yeah. Could yeah. be or could not? Yeah, it can be. I mean, I, as I mentioned, we do see a huge potential, especially for this pumpless device we have. So we are, Alexandra and I, we are now working on together with our boss to to, mm -hmm. to make a startup company for that. So that Great. is actually something where we do see some potential to have these devices bringing that somehow to the market. 
Um, the I think the applications are extremely broad. Mm -hmm. It's not only the pharma testing, but maybe Alexandra can comment on that. It's many other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, it comes uh, a lot for the disease modeling mm -hmm. and for the more advanced disease models. Yeah. So currently, we're working on the uh, type two and obesity yeah. modeling, but uh, including two organ models exactly what you are not able to do in the standard setting yes okay. and also we have we actually with this platform we call it platform because it offers several applications yeah actually number of application because you can simply you can culture thousand different formats yeah. it can be both 2d 3d and also circulating the cells yeah like immune cells mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and interaction be between all these uh, mm -hmm. three types of the cell culture and you can imagine that uh, combination can mm -hmm. be virtually non-limiting non-limited but we now are focused on the uh, models that are close to uh, biological background that we have in the group. But, yeah, of uh, course. You're basic, trying to, yeah. 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 Because, uh, and here is, again, a very good to have a team because, uh, of course, we need to have microfluidic devices, mm -hmm. but then we need to have the um, biological systems mm -hmm. to use it. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the drawbacks, I think, of the microfluidics that... Uh, they're sometimes made by only engineers, yeah. but and then it's so difficult to actually use them. And then it's uh, you spend two days set yeah. a, setting up the system, and then you don't have time to actually perform your biological experiments. I would say that you both are a very good example of uh, translational and, and how to say interdisciplinary interdisciplinary communication because uh, two people from very different backgrounds putting together efforts to get a device that I'm sure it will be very very appreciated within the community and of course within the companies but it feels like you have the solution to everything, actually. No, no, of course not. And actually, <laughs> no. we are not only two. Yeah. We have a big group. That's yeah. for sure. And, Sorry. Um, You're two as an example of your group. Sorry. And uh, it's actually that in our group, we have engineers, biologists, and also people who are working with the, uh, with the analytical techniques like mm. mass spectrometry, mm. the uh, different types of the mm -hmm. analytical techniques, uh, Raman imaging, mm -hmm. and this is very important to have all mm. these components. Yeah. And yeah, you need the help. But maybe to kind of also, because I think we are now running to the end, but I think it's also interesting to really tell that this technology actually has has already and is already kind of on the stage where it can maybe also help for the benefit of the patients because basically where we see also a huge uh, application and that is for the individualized therapy planning mm -hmm. it was now the huge topic of this immunotherapy it's huge. Uh, so it might be for instance a platform you can use to mm -hmm. test uh, immunotherapy is on before you actually apply it to the patient it mm -hmm. can also be useful to um, to study certain cancers uh, of patients, how they mm -hmm. react to chemotherapy or to some other treatments. I think there's a huge uh, application beyond the truck uh, mm -hmm. discovery process, which was the original kind of application for mm -hmm. organ on chip, um, where I do see a huge potential of the technology mm -hmm. to kind of say what is actually 
the reason why we are doing that because mm -hmm. I think that is always important, at least for me, to know that there's also some need and some reason not only doing yeah, science just because it's interesting. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So one last question. How does ChatGPT actually define organ on chip? Okay. So, yeah, just ChatGPT. <laughs> I so had you, to you ask know, this. You, you needed to ask that. So, yes. <laughs> so I, I asked actually ChatGPT what, what it knows about organ on chip. So it says organ on chip technology involves creating microscale models of biological organs such as the lung, heart, uh, using living cells and microfabrication techniques. These models can be used for drug development and toxicity testing. That's the definition. Okay. And I don't know what this what that means or if it's good or bad, <laughs> but uh, it is. It just shows that this is also a nice technology. Maybe we can discuss it at a later point. Also, that would, yes, it would be good. We we get an expert from that field to talk about it more in our next episode. Yeah. So yes. to wrap up, I we have some rapid fire questions for you too. So we can go first with Alexandra and then you, Matthias. Uh, home office. At work or hybrid? And definitely at work because I depend on lab. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Yeah, also normally I'm only in the at lab. Um, yeah. You are only in the lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working in the lab, analyzing data or writing manuscripts? Working in the lab. Yes. This is a dream yes. work. <laughs> <laughs> we know ChatGPT yeah. to write the grants. Working in the lab, I would also prefer that. <laughs> I think that's like an anonymous question. No one would say writing manuscripts. No, at least, I at least don't the think. PhDs and postdocs. Maybe probably. our next. Maybe our next. Uh... Uh, yeah, maybe our next <laughs> guest will, will, will answer the opposite. Maybe. Yes. Are you a morning person? And uh, no, evening. Yeah. How about no. you? <laughs> yeah, you're a match. <laughs> I see that. In which subject were you best and worst at school? I was worst at physics and I think best in biology and chemistry. Okay. okay. How about you? I think I was best in chemistry, actually. Okay. And worst, everything related to art, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Yes, yeah. a photo person. Uh, I actually don't use uh, them anymore. I'm not okay. on social media. <laughs> no, I skip though. I kind of try to get rid of social media. Well, LinkedIn? Actually, they're all different. LinkedIn, yeah. They're all different, yeah. 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 Any TV shows that you would recommend currently? Do you see television? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to um, practice Norwegian, so I'm watching and I'm forcing to watch Anarcho News. <laughs> That's oh, a very good answer. I, I thought you would suggest uh, Peppa Grease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually also I I watch Netflix, but not uh, yeah. not mm -hmm. not uh, not news. I, I the Norwegian television is boring. <laughs> so can you can you recommend something on Netflix? Right now, what was the last one? I, I saw this in 1899, oh, but yeah. it was not so good to say. No, okay. Mm -hmm. no. Nothing it yet. was okay, but it was... Mm -hmm. Cool. All okay. right. Thank you both for joining us today. Has been amazing. Thank you for inviting. Mm -hmm. And it was great to know about your research work. Thank you. 